Hey, thank you so much for joining us with this online worship experience. And regardless of where you are, maybe you're in your home, maybe you're in your yard, maybe you're in your car, maybe you're at the lake or the beach or the mountains celebrating this holiday. Welcome to the online worship experience of New Hope Church. My name is Benji. I get the awesome privilege of serving at this church, and we are so glad you are here. Hey, did you know that in the Bible, we see all kinds of names for God. For example, we can go all the way back to Genesis. And in Genesis 17, the Bible says this, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, and your translation might say, I am God Almighty. But in the Hebrew, it is, I am El Shaddai. The names of God help us understand a broader, fuller picture of who God is. And today you're going to be blessed because we've gathered our campus pastors and not long ago we had a discussion about the names of God. And these men of God are going to share with us the names that have ministered to them most during these days. You're going to be glad you tuned in with us today. Welcome, and thanks for being with us, and be blessed. Hey, welcome, guys. Love you, campus pastors. You awesome uh, men of God serve so faithfully and uh, just so proud of who you are and the way in which you serve. Um, and so we're going to start with Drew uh, Barker, who is uh, associate campus pastor at the Garner campus. He is our most recent hire. And um, Drew, what would you say uh, the name of God that is most ministering to you these days? Thank you, Pastor. Uh, for me, it is El Shaddai. Um, El Shaddai has a lot of subcategories of meaning underneath one very important one, and that is God Almighty. It is God who helps us. It is God who sustains us. And as we think about the characteristics of God, none really could be more foundational to our Christian lives or to a potential believer than the attributes of God Almighty. The truth that He nourishes, protects, satisfies, sustains, and seeks to abundantly bless us, it provides a confidence and a hope in every situation of life. Yes, it does. And so for me, for me, El Shaddai is this, this nature of God, this characteristic of God that shows up when things seem impossible. Mm. If we go look at the book of Job, uh, and in the book of Job, you see Job, his, his whole life is crashing around him, right? He's losing yeah. his health. He's losing everything. He's losing his family. And, and in the book of Job, Job addresses God 48 different times. And 31 wow. of those 48 times, he uses El Shaddai because he's in a dark place. He's in a place of impossible. God is our source when things seem impossible. And I think too many times I've tried to look to people, I've tried to look to like my job or, or another source, but that might just be a resource that God is using. And so as long as you're keeping God in the first priority position, you are connected to a supply line that will never run dry. God, God is the source behind the resource. 
He is the source. And let's just type that in the comments. He's the source. Yeah, come on. He's the source. He's the source, right? Yep. God uh-huh. is our source. And uh, yeah. the root word from El Shaddai, Shad, uh, that's where we get the nurturer, the provider, the supplier. That's where that comes from. And so God is not only almighty, but he is our supplier and his, his methods and his resources, they are limitless. If you go look in Matthew 17, 24 through 27, you'll see this temple tax collector address Peter. And he comes up to Peter and he says, are you and Jesus going to pay the temple tax? And basically Peter says, yeah, of course we're going to pay the temple tax. But then he kind of like goes back to Jesus and is like, hey, are we going to pay the temple tax? Like he, <laughs> he almost, it's like he doesn't really know if we're going to do that. And so before Peter can even get the question out, When he goes to Jesus, uh, Jesus lets him know that as the son of God, as a child of God, we will not pay taxes to the king. However, so that we don't offend the people here, uh, we're going to pay our taxes. And the the way he tells Peter to go and fish and the first fish he catches will have a coin in its mouth that will be the exact amount needed for both of their taxes. And so his supply, his resources, they are limitless. And so our depth of understanding what God is supplying is heavily dependent on our perspective. We didn't wake up today without the source. We don't have air in our lungs without the source. We don't have church and community online without the source. And so as the all-sufficient source, we can live in confidence that El Shaddai, is going to sustain us. That's, that's the El Shaddai for me. Yeah, that's right. That's good. That's good, man. That's real good. And, and I can only imagine a lot of you are out there and um, you needed God to be your supply. And in this time, uh, he's done that, I hope and pray. And um, don't ever hesitate to go to him like Joe and tell him what you need. And uh, maybe you just comment now or like, um, Comment on where God has come in and been your source of supply, your El Shaddai. That's good, Pastor Drew. That's awesome. Uh, Man, come on, Pastor Josh Conklin from the Sanford campus. What name of God has been resonating with you lately, brother? Well, thanks, Pastor. Yeah, the the name that I'm going to be sharing today is Jehovah Shalom. And... uh, to understand shalom, you may have never heard that word before, but to understand shalom, it means God's original intent, uh, which was to live in peace or shalom with his creation. That includes you and I. And, you know, in the story of creation, if we go back all the way to the beginning, Genesis chapter one, and we look at those first 25 verses, we can see the power of God in action. You know, for instance, God simply speaks and the universe comes into existence. Yeah. We see his intelligence his beauty and the order as he creates and fills each day of creation. So we're not only able to marvel at creation, we marvel at God who created it. Uh, Psalm 19, one, it reminds us that the heavens declare the glory of God. And so then finally at the very end of the creation story, we get to see God's evaluation of it all. And he says, it is good. And God Mm -hmm. delights in what he has made. Everything about what God created in the beginning was good, according to the creator of the universe. There was no conflict. There was no destruction. There was no disease. There was no cancer. There was no pollution. There was no racism. There was no war. There was none of that. 
In the garden, everything was the way that God intended it to be. And so shalom, yeah, shalom, in other words, is the way things that is the way things ought to be as God originally intended. And I don't know about you, but I find myself resonating with this this particular name of God so much these days because it feels as if the world is just not the way it was intended to uh-huh. be by God. So I think we all feel that sense of uneasiness. And so we have to ask ourselves, well, why? Why are we experiencing this turmoil in the world and chaos in the world that we live in? And the truth is, it's always been that way ever since sin entered the world. And it will always be that way until Jesus returns. And so the lack of shalom, the lack of shalom is due to sin. So when there was disobedience in in the garden and sin entered the world, we lost touch of shalom and God's original intent for us. And ever since that day, the Bible, the word of God, is depicted all of history as one epic story of redemption and shalom. Uh, there's a book, it's called Not the Way It Was Supposed to Be by Cornelius Plantinga, and he explains shalom as this. He says, the webbing together of God, humans, and all of creation in justice, fulfillment, and delight. So shalom. Shalom bookends human existence. In our English translation of the Bible, we call it peace. But the description of peace is really inadequate to fully describe the full meaning of this Hebrew word. So what does it mean to not only know what shalom is and what God intended for us, but to experience it? So shalom Mm -hmm. is experiencing multidimensional, complete well-being. That includes the physical aspect, psychological, social, and spiritual aspects of our being and our lives. It flows from all of one's relationships being put right, being put right with God being put right with oneself and being put right with others to experience shalom with God means to have reconciliation with God who can give us peace with himself or remove it to experience shalom with others means between parties, the end of hostilities and war, as well as socially just relationships between individuals and classes. And let's just hang out on that one for a second. What would it look like to experience shalom with every person we were in contact with between parties that there would be no division among classes or races or, you know, different parties political of people, parties. different countries, political parties, to truly experience shalom, peace with everyone. Um, yeah. Can you imagine? Can you picture that? And then the last one is uh, to experience shalom with oneself. So not only outward peacefulness with others, but peace within But that was God's original intent, but there was a price to be paid to restore what was lost. And the price that was paid was Jesus. In the New Testament, shalom is revealed as the reconciliation of all things to God through the work of Christ. It says that God was pleased through Christ to reconcile himself to all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through Christ's blood shed on the cross. We see that in the word of God, where it says this in Colossians 1, 19 through 20. It says, for God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed upon the cross. Injustice, fulfillment and delight. And, you know, I've been praying that the people of God would have a righteous indignation, a righteous anger when we see injustices, racial injustices, economic injustices, systemic injustices, mm-hmm. that that we would we would rise up and and 
and be frustrated, do more than just pray about it, but, but strategically think about ways in which we can continue to show we are ministers of reconciliation and we stand for justice. And theologically, the key thing you just pointed out is as we do that, we're doing our part to restore That's right. humanity and God's creation back to its original design and intent. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's the beauty of us being uh, ministers of reconciliation. And for those of you who are watching, I'm not just talking about ordained ministers or those of us in ministry. We are all, if you are in Christ, we are all ministers of reconciliation, man. That's, that's awesome, brother. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you for that word. Uh, Keith Coco Barreto. I'm talking about the campus pastor at the Wake Forest campus. Uh, love this brother and uh, got a word uh, for us today. Keith, what's, what's the name of God that's resonating most with you? For me, Pastor, it is Jehovah Rapha, and it means the Lord who heals. And um, I actually got to experience the healing power of God when I was 16 years old. And uh, I know some of you, you know, you've heard a little bit about my life change story of how I rededicated my life to the Lord at 22 years old. Um, But as a young boy, I had experienced the power of God in the church. And then it was in my teenage years and in my early 20s where I actually strayed away from God. And so I was kind of out there. I mean, I was, I was living, you know, like what we would say a street life, but at 16, I got into this really, really bad car accident. Uh, I totaled my car. Uh, I actually, there was alcohol involved. I was running with the wrong crowd, you know, the whole nine. So I pulled out in front of a woman and she actually T-boned me in the side of my car. And, uh, she hit the car so hard that my, my car turned over. I mean, the car rolled over. I was shot to the other side. Um, the driver's side of my car was actually squished to the middle. Like there was no more driver's side. It was like an accordion, if you've ever seen that instrument. Yeah. And uh, the impact, though, it hit so hard that I couldn't move my leg. I couldn't really move the left side of my body. And uh, I had to use crutches. And I was just thankful to be alive, you know. Uh, so I remember when I got home from the hospital, the next morning, my mother said, listen, you are going to get up out of that bed on those crutches and you are going to church <laughs> because uh, my mother's rules were yeah, if you're going to live in this house, you're going to church, right? And Good I know there's mom. probably some mothers out there. Go ahead and let us know in the comment section. Just throw up a praise hand emoji or something. But yeah. uh, so we went to church that next Sunday. And uh, this time I brought my girl I was dating. I had a girlfriend at the time. And uh, so I actually brought her with me. And I didn't realize, but she had never been to church. And so uh, long story short, check this out now. After the service is over, we're standing there. I get up on my crutches, you know, and I'm leaning on them and they're all helping me to stand up. And an elderly woman turns around and she asks me a question. She says, do you believe that God can heal you? And so I said to her, well, yeah, I mean, you know, I grew up in the church. Of course, I've seen God touch people's lives before and heal people before. And so she said, well, I believe that God wants me to pray for you. And so she just put her hand on me really gently. She said a prayer. And when she said a prayer, I was healed on the spot. Right. Wow. So 
I mean, I could feel it in my body. I was like, wow, I don't, I just, I felt strengthened. I don't need these crutches anymore. So I take the crutches and I set them to the side. I give this sister a hug. I'm like, thank you so much for praying for me. And I went to leave. And when I turned to see the girl I was with, she was in shock. She was like, oh my goodness, what just happened? I was like, oh, well, uh, you know, God healed me. She's like, yeah, I, I know, but like, how? And then I was like, well, you know, I mean, the lady laid her hands on me, you know, and she said a prayer. She's like, I know that, but I want to know how did that happen? <laughs> and I was just like, I said, you know, I really don't know myself. And then I remember saying this, I said, all I know is that God is able to heal because God is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Mike Stamps, he is our campus pastor at the Hillsboro campus. Um, Mike, talk to us, man. What what name has been resonating with you of late? Thank you, Pastor. Yeah, the name that I would like to talk with you about today is one that means so much to me, and it is Jehovah Rohi. Jehovah Rohi, and it looks at God as our shepherd. It looks at the part of God's nature, the part of God's character that desires to have a personal relationship with us. Uh, the word rohi itself means to feed or to lead to pasture, which are both things that a shepherd would do. In fact, one of the most uh, well-known and beloved of all the Psalms is the 23rd Psalm, and it starts out saying, the Lord is my shepherd. And the word that it uses there in the beginning of that Psalm is Jehovah-Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus uses this same language in the New Testament. In the book of John, in the 10th chapter, Jesus talks about himself as being the good shepherd. And he spends a little bit of time talking about how the good shepherd interacts with his sheep. And I wanted to spend just a couple of minutes looking at that with you. In John chapter 10, verse 14, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And I love that Jesus knows us. He, he created us in the palm of his hand. He knows everything about us and he desires that we would know him as well, that we, his sheep would know the voice of our shepherd. Uh, the second thing that, uh, that I wanted to talk to you about here is the good shepherd, he pursues us. Jesus talks about in the gospel of Luke in the 15th chapter, he tells the story of a shepherd that's got a, a flock of a hundred sheep and one of those sheep wanders off and there is lost and alone and afraid. And the good shepherd leaves the other 99 to find that one lost sheep. And he takes that sheep and he brings them safely back into the fold because the good shepherd pursues us. He never yeah. gives up on us. No matter what, you can put your trust that the good shepherd will pursue you. And the last of the one I wanted to talk about is that he takes care of us and he wants the very best for us. We talked about the 23rd Psalm a little bit, and uh, it's a Psalm of David. And in this Psalm, David describes how God takes care of us. And the language is beautiful. There's no better way to cover that than to just read that together. So let's look at that, the 23rd Psalm, and read it together starting in the first verse. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah Rohi is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me 
beside the still waters, he restores my soul. He leads me down paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You have prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that good? Isn't that beautiful language that talks about how the shepherd loves us? He cares for us and he wants the very best for us. You know, one of the verses, my favorite verses that reminds me of that is found in the book of Jeremiah. It's in the 29th chapter in the 11th verse. And it says this, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That is the good shepherd. Hey, if you're going through something difficult today, or even if you're not, I would encourage you call out to the good shepherd because he loves you. He desires to give good things to you and he wants the very best for you. Amen. 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 That's good, man. If you're thankful for the good shepherd, just let us know. Just throw some comments out in there, some hands praising the Lord. He is a good, good God. And, um, and just as you read Psalm 23, I could just feel the power of that just being read over all of you, wherever you are. And uh, man, thank you, thank you so much for sharing. Hey, we're gonna uh, we're gonna wrap it up today with Pastor Derek Mall. He is the Garner Campus Pastor, and uh, he's going to be speaking about a name of God. And just so you know, um, our campus pastors have been talking about Jehovah. And then in the scriptures, there's words that are put after Jehovah to describe who God is. And uh, we haven't said this, and most of you probably know this, but Jehovah is just simply a Hebrew word for God. And so these these descriptions after Jehovah that we find in the Old Testament really allow us to see a fuller picture of uh, who God is. So, Derek, what you got, man? What how's God been ministering to you uh, through a name that we find in the scriptures about God? Hey, thank you, Pastor, and thank you for providing even more context for what we're talking about today. Uh, the name that has probably impacted me the most, probably throughout my life, and maybe even in this season, is one that's pretty common. Uh, with believers and in the church, and it's Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides. Uh, It means the Lord will provide. And Mm -hmm. I've got countless stories of how God has provided for me over the years and continues to do so. In this season, there's been a lot of unfamiliarity. There's been a lot of uncertainty. uh, And for a lot of people, you have needed to call on this name of the Lord, the Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides for you. And my family's no different. You know, we, we've encountered some difficulties with that. And um, God has provided every step of the way. But I remember when I first really began to wrap my head around the, the goodness of God and the way that he provides and how committed and faithful he is to his children and I go all the way back to, to the beginning, really, uh, going into the Old Testament, the very first book in Genesis. And we see a man named Abraham. 
He had a nation birthed from his lineage. And Abraham was a man of great faith. He was faithful to God. And we see that that moment where we find out this attribute of God. God had blessed him with a son. His name was Isaac. And after all those years of just being barren and not having the joy of a child and a family, they begin to experience that. And in the midst of it, God put Abraham to the test. And he wanted to make sure that Abraham was committed to him first and foremost. And he challenged him to sacrifice his only son. And so he he began to go through with it. And as he did, right at that moment, the voice of the Lord came and he said, stop. And he said, I know that you are committed to me. And he said, and I have provided a sacrifice in your son Isaac's place. And he, he looked over and he saw a ram in the thicket. And this is what it says. This was Abraham's response in Genesis chapter 22, verse 14. It says, so Abraham called that, that place, called the name of that place, rather, the Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh. As it is said today, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Now, a moment ago, I said Abraham trusted God so much that he obeyed, right? And it's almost as if he knew that God was Jehovah Jireh already. It's almost as if he knew that attribute because his response, if you read it, it reads with confidence and it reads with assurance. But how could he have known? My question for us is, how can we know that God will provide? And I would submit to you, he knew in part because God does everything according to promise. He made a promise to Abraham. Do you remember, you remember this? He made a promise to Abraham. He, he took him out one night and, and he said, he said, I want you to go out and count the stars. And Abraham's like, I can't count the stars. There's way too many. And God said, so shall your seed be. Remember, he does everything according to promise. And it tells us yeah. in Hebrews chapter six, verse 13 and 15, when God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater, he swore by himself saying, I will surely bless you, and I will give you many descendants. Now, this was before he had Isaac. God was making a promise. And so after patiently waiting, it says in verse 15, Abraham received what was promised, and that was Isaac. So he had seen this nature of God. And so he's out there. He says, count the stars because I can't do that. And God said, so shall your seed be. And Abraham's probably looking at the facts a little bit and going, you know what? I hear you. But like I'm pushing 100, <laughs> my wife's pushing 90. <laughs> You're talking about having having descendants and the kids. Like I got a I got a brother who's 46 and he just had his first kid and I thought that was old. All right, but he's in his hundreds and he's like, God, I hear you, but how how can I know? Galatians 3:29 says this for us: If you were in Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, and therefore you are heirs according to the promise. What does that mean for us in the context of God providing and being Jehovah Jireh? It simply means this. Everything that God promised Abraham, he has made available to you and to me. Because in, in Christ, we are Abraham's seed. Folks, that is good news. And it means... It means that if you will trust him, he will provide. And I just wonder, would you be willing to name 
what you are trusting and asking God for right now. You can you can do that in the comments or or you could you could just write the words. He is my Jehovah Jireh as a declaration of your faith in the God that is always faithful to you. So it, for, for oh, us, awesome. that, that's what I've experienced. And that is yep. what continues to resonate with me day after day. Man, thank you so much. I, I am uh, <laughs> I'm about to come out of my seat. I want to preach so bad right now. Um, you didn't say this, but let me just let me just wrap this up with. I'm glad we ended with you. And I didn't even know this was where you were going. Um, I have always believed in the core of my being that you really can't fully understand the gospel what Jesus did for us on the cross until you go back and you wrestle with this text that you took us to today when Abraham was called to sacrifice his son. And as we grapple with that, moms, dads, even folks who aren't parents yet, you think about what Abraham was called to do. Now, thankfully, he didn't have to do it. He was obedient and God stopped him right at the end. But it's only after you really grapple with what must it be like, feel like, what must it take, what kind of internal fortitude and wrestle must a parent have to to be willing to sacrifice a child. When you grapple with that, and I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could do it. It's only then that you start to get a glimpse of what God the Father did for us when he sacrificed his one and only son on a bloodstained cross for the salvation of our souls. Amen. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> it, 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 it lets us uh, it lets us understand the, the depth of God's love for us. You know, it was, I think it was last week, right? I was in the woods and I talked about, should have been me on the cross, you know? Um, And God let his son go there because he loves us that much. Um, Hey guys, you have been incredible. This is awesome. I I can only imagine how this has blessed the movement today. Um, church, we just wanted to change it up a little bit. And this has been a treat. Men, thank you, thank you, thank you for your heart, for your leadership, for your heart, for this house, for the way you serve uh, the campuses that you get to serve. Man, we just love you guys. And you. I know you have blessed me today big time. And I'm sure you have blessed uh, the movement as well. Hey, if you're out there and uh, you are not sewing into this ministry and uh, not helping us spread hope and holiness around the world, but you would like to, man, let me just encourage you. Let's let's return to the Lord, his tithes and our offerings. You can simply text NH movement to 77977 and uh, you follow the prompts and so into this ministry, or you can go to newhopechurch.org forward slash give and uh, come on and partner with us. Just figure out your tithe, click reoccurring. It's the most secure, safe, reliable way to sow into this ministry. We would love to partner with you. You click reoccurring and then you can just put your head down on the pillow every night knowing that you are helping us Uh, spread the hope of the gospel in Jesus, hope of the one who did send his son to die on a cross.
for all of humanity. Hey, let me just say a quick prayer, and uh, we're going to go right back into uh, some worship. Father, thank you. Uh, just where we just ended there, really in, in my in my mind, God, is where we should always end, and that is at the foot of the cross. God, thank you for sending your son. Thank you that you showed us the full extent of your love. And uh, God, as we as we celebrate you today and we return our tithes to you, God, I believe faithful giving can really only be done against the blood-stained cross of Jesus Christ. So Father, we thank you that you, you didn't just give 10%, Lord, you gave it all. And we are the gracious recipients of that love and that grace and that truth. Father, would you bless um, everyone who's joining us today? Would you be with our church, God? Would you help our church um, live out the gospel in a way, Lord, that continues to put Jesus on display, that more and more people might come to know him? We honor you. We love you. We serve you. We give you our lives today. And we pray it in Jesus' name and all of God's people, wherever you are, set together. Amen. Amen.